Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between Pastor Robbie and Pastor Jeff talking about the sermon from August 9th, 2020. Oh, do you want me to do the intro? You just did. We call that a cold open, Jeff. Oh, my. (laughs) Is this thing on, Robbie? It is. So thank you for (laughs) kicking us off with energy and enthusiasm. Welcome, everybody. This is the Faith Church Podcast. Uh, My name is Robbie, and I am here with Pastor Jeff Clossy. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing today? Hey, I am well, and especially well because you did my last name. You pronounced it so accurately. Did I? It's a ridiculous last name. Like... Not the name itself, but the spelling and then what an, what ends up being the pronunciation of it. it looks like Clechesi or it is. something. It's a little misleading. Exactly right. I well, I appreciate that. I'm and glad you, I'm glad I can honor you by pronouncing your name correctly. Thank all, you. Which does have a rather misleading spelling, it does. truth be told. And you said both Fs in my name, Jeff, too. That, which well I really that is the, that. the classical pronunciation. <laughs> so I try to, I try to It's do good that to be with you, Ravi, and all of you listening. This, uh, I, I do so love doing these podcasts because I, I, well, I have a microphone, so I get to ask whatever questions I want. And so it's, it's a great opportunity after getting to hear the Sunday sermon to be able to, um, to, to get a little follow up on what you were communicating or, or, or what you didn't get to communicate. So this last Sunday we were in numbers. Um, and for those of you who are not there, uh, maybe Jeff, would you be interested in giving a 30 second recap on you bet. So we looked at what is called the Aaronic blessing or the priestly blessing in numbers chapter six. If you read the end of that chapter, you'll see it, but it's famous. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And so we, we talked about what does it look like to pray that prayer. And what I tried to do was, as I've learned about this prayer and this blessing, what has really enhanced my praying of it is understanding what the different words mean specifically. Mm-hmm. So we really looked in quite detail, actually, phrase by phrase and request by request. What did these mean and what are the implications for our life? And how does, how does that relate then to the gospel of Jesus as well? Oh, that's really good. I I had a, a conversation with somebody after the sermon, and they were excited that when when they, when you initially said turn to Numbers, their thought was, I don't know anything in Numbers. I don't even think I've ever read Numbers before. And then you said the prayer, and they got all excited, thinking, Oh, I do know something in Numbers. I just had no idea that that was in the book of Numbers. So, uh, it it is a, a good um, a good opportunity to be reminded that. In, in some of the books that we might tend to avoid, mm-hmm. uh, Numbers is one of those that, that can tend to scare us off because multiple chapters in there are just lists of names that are nearly impossible for us to pronounce. And so you could just skim through that book and, and then move back to a more narrative book. But then you miss some golden nuggets like Numbers chapter six if you do that. Not to mention the name of the book doesn't really draw you in. At it, least me. <laughs> it doesn't, right. Like Now we're going to read Counting. All the mathematicians right? are like, yes, that's my book. And everyone <laughs> else is like, uh, yeah. most left brain creative types <laughs> flee. Yes. It's true, though. I mean, the, these are not books 
that we typically as followers of Jesus spend a lot of time meditating on. And so as I've been working through the first five books of the Old Testament, I have been working, uh, just taking notes and asking God each day, Lord, what do you want to say to me today through this? And honestly, some days when it's like what you described, like a list of names or regulations for how they did worship, it's a little more difficult, but there are there's so many things in those first five books that have shaped the people of God uh, for thousands of years, including now the church. And this is one mm. of those things, hmm. this blessing. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. Um, I, uh, sidebar, I should fact check myself there. I believe a second ago I said I'm left brain. I'm decidedly not left brain. You would be yeah. probably more of the left brain. I'm actually the right brain yeah, I, dominant I, individual. Which I love that. Which makes us a good team. It does. I think. Um, back on topic. Jeff, you, what, what is something, as you were preparing for this over the last several weeks, um, I was telling somebody else how encouraged I was just watching you over the last few weeks, praying through this, processing it. Um, those those moments that I love in the office when we can kind of geek out on on a new revelation or, or something, uh, an exciting realization when we're, when we're doing a deep dive into a passage like this. Um, what, as you were taking that time, what is something that stood out to you that, that encouraged or challenged you in particular, even if it's not something that made it into the sermon? Yeah. I, there's things that encouraged me and challenged me all throughout this. Like you said, it's, I've been meditating on this for a couple months and experimenting, praying it over my children and then I moved into praying it uh, for people that I would see as I biked into church. And I think one of the more challenging things was when I started making the connection between what's the difference between blessing someone and cursing someone. And blessing is what I said on Sunday is the projection of good into the life of another, right? And mm. we know that ultimately that good is coming from God and his kingdom. But then cursing in contrast to that is a projection of harm or of evil or really anything that's going to steal life and undo what human beings were intended for, right? It, it's just anti-creation, essentially. Yeah. What was really challenging for me was when I started to make the connection between praying this blessing over those that I very love and enjoy and take great delight in like my children and my wife and my family and my coworkers, yeah. Yeah. and then moving into all right this is also meant for people in my life that i don't enjoy as much that i find more difficult like i mentioned in the sermon the people that aren't as easy and we all have people like that in our lives hmm. when i connected this with the teaching of jesus when he says that we should bless those who curse us. Um, it, it goes along with loving our enemies. This was this became challenging and, and encouraging. I mean, I think there's freedom to realize that as a follower of Jesus, I am meant to be a person of constant blessing. I don't actually ever have to think about that. Should I be cursing right now or blessing? It's like, no, actually, I'm meant to be blessing. Now, clearly right. there's nuance to how that's applied and and so on, but Jesus really intends this to be for, for people in our life, no matter if we find them pleasant or not. So that's challenging and encouraging. It is certainly challenging. Um, we're actually going to unpack that a little bit more next Sunday when we talk about loving our enemies, because that is mm -hmm. that is a 
very challenging proposal. I certainly praying that over my children who in every fiber of my being, I want nothing but blessing for. And maybe that, that irritating coworker or, or the boss that you feel like does not deserve to be in that position or the person who has, who has done you overt harm is, is quite another matter entirely. Yeah. You know, that could be as simple as like asking a company to do something for you for a product that you bought or something. And they just say, no. <laughs> and in that moment, do I wish them harm or right. do I pray a blessing? Right. And really I'm called as a follower of Jesus to bless. Yeah. And that is, man, it's world changing and soul changing. The other thing that just another topic that I found interesting, just experientially is that the more personal I prayed this for someone, even though I was using the same words, but if I looked like if I looked at Jess right in the eye as I prayed this over her and maybe I was laying a hand on her like a hand of blessing, I found it very difficult to not feel this prayer all the way through me. Mm. Uh, and I, there's something that I, if you pray it in your head for someone, that's good. And then praying it out loud in your car for someone and they're not with you, that's even better. But then when you're with a person and you can look them in the eyes and pray this over them, it is powerful. And I just say that's from that's my experience of trying this and, and trying to make this more regular in my life, praying this blessing for people. We are We are embodied souls, right? We are a soul and a body. And there's something really powerful about just praying it in your mind, but man, praying it out loud and really looking in the eyes of the one you're praying over is amazingly powerful as God's spirit moves in you and through you, projecting his goodness. So what is your counsel to the person who hears that and thinks, that sounds super awkward and weirdly intimate? (laughs) Yeah, intimacy can be very awkward, right? It's been that way my goodness, we were created uh, without clothes. <laughs> we right, were literally, right. uh, if intimacy is being naked and unashamed, like just yourself and connected to another person, that's how God made human beings. But then ever since we've rebelled, intimacy is difficult and can be super awkward. And I would just, I would encourage you if you feel like, man, that's just too much, do what you can. And maybe the first step is just to pray it out loud in your car alone without the person near you, but moving from in your head to out loud could be a step. Right. And then the next step could be praying it right over a person and looking in their eyes. Um, I find that to be, we really do connect with another human through eyes and and looking right in the eye as you're praying it is um, very moving and meaningful. But yeah, there's no doubt, Robbie, that what you said is true, that it can feel intensely intimate and awkward. For sure. Which is why we typically avoid it, but then ultimately become robbed of mm-hmm. the extraordinary experience that, that is found only in that. We, we try to, to get a similar experience through another means, but it's not possible. And so I, rather than finding myself continually frustrated with, well, why doesn't it feel as powerful as I feel like it should? Well, I need to put myself out there and and engage in that, experience that, in that context where it is powerful. Because you're absolutely right in that in that that connection of looking somebody in the eyes as you are praying that blessing for them. As you said, it's not just powerful for them, but for you as well. Yes. 
Uh, that's really good. Thanks for sharing that, Jeff. Yeah. Um, so I, my favorite question is always what, uh, what didn't make it? What, what would, uh, in the DVD of this sermon, in the outtakes uh, that hit the cutting room floor and didn't make it into the final director's cut, uh, what, what, would go, what would go back in here? What's something that you wish you had um, more time to unpack? Uh, there's two things that come to mind. One is, and I, I touched on this very briefly, but this blessing is an expansion of and in a sort of repetition of a promise that God gave to Abraham as he basically promised him a land and a people. And Abraham is uh, an amazing story. If you can read this promise, and if you look at Genesis chapter 12, but God promises him this land and promises to make him into a great nation and then promises that all nations will be blessed through him. And um, the hard part was that he didn't have any children at this point. And so there's this whole story of him not trusting and then trusting God and him being basically the founder of our faith and in, in how we trust God. And this promise reiterates that, or this blessing re reiterates that promise. And I would love to look at more scriptures and unpack that in more detail and trace it. Because then at the same time, it reiterates that promise it anticipates the gospel of Jesus because mm. really Jesus ends up being the fulfillment of how how could all families on earth be blessed through this one man? How is that possible, Abraham? Well, ultimately, it's Jesus that ends up being that blessing for all people, all nations. Um, and this is anticipating that. So yeah, I think it's quite remarkable, actually. And when you think about where did that idea come from, this number is reiterating it is one of the earliest ones we have when you look at just the chronology of the Bible and um, after after Genesis. So related to that, um, the church, the early church used this prayer and they modified it. There was like a shorthand version of it and hmm. I didn't talk about that. But if you would look at, I'm gonna just, you're gonna hear my Bible flipping as I turn to it. But if you would look at Paul's letters in particular, the beginning of Romans, one chap, uh, chapter 1, verse 7. See if this sounds anything like the ironic blessing. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So grace and peace are the end of two of the lines of this blessing. Right. And most scholars think that when Paul is doing that, and he does it in a number of his letters, grace and peace to you from God our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. He is reiterating and referring to this blessing uh, that was you know, so ancient, um, that was given through Moses, which I find amazing. And the people Paul was writing to would have known that, that would have been, um, that would have all come to their mind as he said that. And he included, the amazing thing was that he included Jesus. Right, he ties it back to Christ, yes. basically as, as the, conduit the fulfillment of that grace and yes. peace in in that grace and peace in our lord jesus christ so where where that promise is fulfilled essentially functionally is in christ yes and as i said on sunday this the blessing the grace the peace all comes from the lord so you look at this passage it's the lord who does this the triune god so then when paul would say grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, he was making it really clear mm. that Jesus was God in the flesh. And just as they could have, the, the Israelites could have prayed, the Lord bless you and keep you, 
it's Jesus who's involved in that as well as part of the Trinity, which I find mind-blowing and amazing and confirmation of the beauty of the gospel that we believe and hold to. And I love that. Love that. That's really good. Is there anything else? Anything here? You've got the microphone now. So any anything that uh, as you you now a couple of days after the message, you've had uh, probably a few conversations with people who have responded to it. Um, what are, are there any additional thoughts that um, that now that you have an additional opportunity that you would want to add? Yeah. I've had a number of great conversations and I've really appreciated the feedback and encouragement. Uh, one of the conversations was um, someone telling me that they had for years and years and years prayed this over their children. Their children are now grown and have families of their own. And um, hearing that was really, I mean, the word inspirational came to my mind, but it was more than that. It was testament um, that God can really use this blessing in prayer to shape people. And so I guess what that made me think is if you haven't experimented with this, and I use the word experiment because it makes it clear that I'm saying this doesn't have to be perfect. Like this isn't a performance. These aren't magic words like a spell that if you don't say them with the right cadence and the right tone, God won't hear them. Right. I, I don't mean that, but I mean experiment like as in try praying it. And, and if it's awkward, it's awkward. That's okay. But I would just encourage anyone listening to try and um, to write this down maybe on a card so that they can just have it when their kids are going to bed at night or they're thinking about their family or loved ones, they can just pray this. So that'd be one advice I would give. And I think especially as I've heard from older saints in our congregation who have done that and how much blessing that brought into their life and to their loved one's life, it's a great testament to why it's worth trying. That's really good. And I think it's helpful to remind everyone that that is ultimately the point of this whole series is is to give people a uh, a broader tool belt, uh, so to speak, to to draw from in terms of prayers that that they would think of number six, that they would think of John chapter four, that they would think of the several psalms that we have gone through over the last several weeks um, and and thinking in terms of like these are legitimate things to be praying that it is a delight to our father that that we would both internalize and 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 delight in his words and speak his own words back to him um and so we we would encourage you to actually pray these words right not in not in theory but that you would actually pray number six that you would actually pray narrative passages like john chapter four um, and and others that that when you read a psalm, you would you would pray those those same words back to God and and use His Word as a, a tool to help communicate with Him and and listen to Him. Oh man! And I know for myself, I need renewing. I need transformation. We all do, right? And it makes me think of the beginning of Romans twelve. When Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And I think internalizing these prayers and then actively praying them, the Holy Spirit uses that in a powerful way to transform us and to shape our desires and our affections that we just need. And we need that repetition actually in the practice of it. That's part of the transformation process. Hmm. 
No, that's really good. That's really good. Jeff, I always enjoy talking to you. I hope everybody enjoyed listening to you as much as I enjoy talking to you. Thank you very much, Robbie. And uh, Faith, we are always appreciative of you taking the time to listen. We also thoroughly appreciate when you share your questions with us. So be sure to, uh, to email those in if you have um, thoughts on sermons or as you hear one of these podcasts, if it stirs any additional questions or any encouragements. We love hearing what God is doing in you and through you and the ways that he is impacting you through his word and through the ministry of faith. So if you have those stories to share as well, we would really love to hear those too. Jeff, anything I'm forgetting? No, thanks, Robbie. I think we we have it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you.